0: It is Thursday, April 27th. Happy Draft Day. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who's anything but Mr. Irrelevant,
1: J.P. Sch- Chadrick, and welcome in Jaguars Happy Hour on Draft Night 2023, Round One coming up at eight o'clock Eastern Time. The Jaguars have the 24th overall pick. If you're watching us on Jaguars.com or Jag social media, it's a live look inside Daly's Place, and we welcome you inside Daly's Place. We've got a busy hour ahead. Here's what's coming up on Jaguars Happy Hour: The NFL Draft is here for 2023. We'll hear from Jaguars analyst Jeff Loggeman coming up. Jaguars.com senior writer John Osier and a draft day conversation just moments ago. I caught up with general manager Trent Baalke. We will hear that conversation in just a few moments. Well, Jeff Loggeman, John Osier with me now. We're on the second level at Daly's Place. The gates open at 7 o'clock tonight. And John, it's always an exciting evening, round one, no matter where the Jaguars are picking.
2: Well, you just talked with Trent.
1: Who are they taking? <laughs> I, we'll find, I, I don't. I don't think we're going to. That's find part out. of the conversation. Uh, until is about ten thirty tonight. No.
2: Probably. On a serious note, I think this is. Uh, I say a benchmark draft, but an important draft because it's the first of what I think is going to be the Jaguars' draft's new era. Meaning, for the last ten or twelve years, they've picked in the top ten all but one year. I think now you're going to see more drafts like this, more pre-draft lead-up like this, and Jeff. You have to be able to draft well in the bottom quarter of the first round if you're going to be a draft-and-developed team over the long haul, and this is the first time they get a chance to do that.
3: Well, I mean, you know, I've said many times that the draft is the lifeblood of any franchise, and a lot of people think, well, you can't get that good of a player when you're drafting in the bottom third of the draft, and that's not the case. I mean, there's good football players throughout the draft. you just got to do your homework and find good football players. Now, the interesting thing about this draft to me is, is that if you look at all the different mock drafts, they're all over the map. I mean, literally all over the map. There's probably about 18 different players that are mocked where the Jaguars are picking. And to be honest with you guys, some years I've got kind of an idea, you know, but maybe narrowing it down to two or three players. I've got absolutely no idea for two reasons. One, I think this is a little bit of a question mark draft because there's a lot of unknowns about where guys are at and where they're stacked at. But then also, the Jaguars are very close to the vest. I mean, and, and, and right now, it's it's hard to kind of get a, a little bit of a feeling for where they're going to go, even offensively or defensively. I've got no idea, but I can tell you, there's some really good football players that are going to be found at 24.
1: Let's hear, uh, we'll hear from Trent Baalke coming up in just a few moments, and we'll dig into some of those prospects, some of those names a little bit later on the show. but. A report this morning from John Shipley of SI.com of a pending Cam Robinson suspension for a violation of the performance-enhancing drug policy. Mike Dorocco of ESPN reported that the second sample will be tested to confirm what it is and the length of the suspension. There are reports he could lose nearly $900,000 per game out. Well, the team has known about this for a while now. This is not a surprise this morning for the organization. So no big shakeup of the draft board. But... Logs, this is obviously a developing, so we will see what happens in the future with it. Not ideal for the Jaguars, but should it change anything in draft prep?
3: Well, I think it it always you always have to take everything into consideration. Something like this, absolutely you take this into consideration. Now, let's go back to this sample that you're talking about. When you take a PED test as a player, because I've taken quite a few of them, you pee in a bottle. Okay, that bottle is split into two samples. The biggest one goes into bottle A, and then a smaller one goes into bottle B. So if something hits on A, okay, they go back and retest the B part of that sample, which is the same exact urine sample, okay, but it's just been split into two parts. They want to confirm. So what they're looking for is confirmation that, in fact, the substance that was found in A will again be found in B and make sure that there is no mistake. So just to give people an idea... That's what the sample B uh, is that you're talking about.
2: Well, you hope that it doesn't influence their decision in round one too much. I know they have taken any, any consideration, but you hope, and I think Trent Baalke sees it this way, that you are drafting for the long haul more than you're drafting for a six-game or, or, or four-game or, or whatever that suspension uh, becomes. Uh, that said, I do believe with this class where it lines up at 24 – and with the fact that they learned so much, the importance of that swing tackle last year, I do think offensive tackle was in play anyway. If they draft one, everybody's going to say, well, it's because of the of the suspension. I think offensive tackle would also be a long-term thing that makes sense for this franchise anyway. Well, you've got a franchise quarterback. I mean, yeah. so tackle
3: uh-huh. is always in play, and you lost your one, Taylor. Look, you signed. Uh, in free agency, Josh Wells, who was here for, for many years when he was a young player, and will he be a guy that can step in and be a starter for six games? Sure he could. And six games typical is typically what we've seen with PED suspensions around the league in the past. Will that, in fact, be it for Cam Robinson? We don't know until the league makes an announcement. But uh, tackle is in play, and the reason why it's in play, there's some really good tackles mm-hmm. that are available, and also there's some really good right tackles that are available
1: in this draft that are highly rated. We'll discuss some of those guys a little bit later tonight. Now back to draft day and general manager Trent Baalke. Just a few moments ago, I sat down with him in the Jaguars draft room and asked him now, almost a decade of doing this as a GM in the NFL, what's his draft day routine?
4: It's, it's been the same all 10 years, I think. You know, I get up early. We walk through some of the stuff in the morning. Uh, Ethan and I spent the morning going through some things on the board Uh, The board's been set. You know, we haven't changed anything. We just kinda take one more look and then I usually head out for a run and get a few miles on the road and get back here and uh, try to get ready for this thing.
1: Are there nerves still? Is there anxiety? Is there a mix of both, none at this time or just a few hours away?
4: Uh, You know, not really. You know, I think we've put in a lot of time, a lot of effort that went into this. You know, coaches, personnel, staff, uh, there's been a lot of hours that we've sorted through film and records on people, background check, all the stuff that you do to get ready. You know, now it's more just kind of the anxiety, the anxiousness of getting this thing started and finding out exactly who's going to be a Jaguar. You
1: said last week you're down to three or four guys that you really think could be in play there at 24. If it comes down to it and multiple of those three or four guys are available, how do you figure out which one you take?
4: Well, that's already been decided. You know, we have a pecking order. Coach and I met with, uh, with Shad last night, went through our thoughts, you know, exactly the order we would pick them as, as they come off. Today isn't the day to debate who you're going to go after, right? We have three or four guys that we feel really good about, and we have more than that, you know. The, the, let's face it. I mean, you've got to be prepared for anything, but we've got a group of guys that we're really interested in, and we've got an order at which we would take them.
1: How wild could it get at the top? Just hearing all these reports, tw- I know you're not a big Twitter guy, but all that stuff combined the last day or two before the draft can be chaos. Is that reality tonight?
4: Yeah, I, I don't know. Everyone thought it was last year and very little went on, you know, so who knows, you know? And that's the great thing about the draft, right? Everything that happens, uh, nobody can really plan out. You, you really don't know until you're on the clock a lot of times whether you're going to make a move or not make a move and it's no different for any other team.
1: You know, part of the draft process is bringing those drafted players back for a second contract. That gives stability to the organization. Devon Hamilton signed, that was announced today, extended. Draft pick here has worked his way up and really has been rewarded with a deal long term. And that's really the goal of the organization, right? To get these draft picks to stick around for a while.
4: Yeah, you want to you be a homegrown football team as much as you can. And, and we've been pretty fortunate the last couple of years we've gotten some really good quality Free agents and, and uh, really good culture fits, really good football players. But the the, the ph- philosophy of this team, this organization, is going to be draft and retain. And uh, you know, Devon has worked his tail off, and uh, you know he's a he's a byproduct of that process. You know, he's a he's a great culture fit. He's he's an excellent fit for the defensive scheme we run. You know, I can't say enough good things about him and the contract that he signed. He earned.
1: This is the last draft in this room. Because next year you'll be in the football building. How about yeah. that?
4: Well, you know, this is a great room. It really is. We were talking to the ownership about it last night. Very few have this kind of space. we got three full-screen videos going on. We can do a lot of things in here from a technology standpoint. The new one's going to be special, though, too. That's
1: Trent Balky, Jaguars general manager in the draft room. And the Jaguars have nine picks in their pocket over the weekend. Well, if we know anything about Trent Bulky's draft history, he has been willing to move a lot in uh, the drafts he has controlled. He's made 23 draft day trades, first, second, or third day. We'll see if that trend continues. Anything stand out there,
2: John? Well, I'd love to see him take those day three picks, package them up, take them all and move into round two, J.P., and get us out of here on Saturday. Of course you will. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think the – the calmness of the day versus what people think the draft really is, I think is always interesting. People think there's fighting, banging on the table. There's very little of that once you're really on the clock. They know who they're going to pick at number 24, and there's a list at number 24, Jeff.
3: Well, and there are some rooms, though, that do have some fighting going on on draft day. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And, uh, look, if you're disciplined, though, you stick to your board and you draft the best of player, best available player that's on your board. you know. And I think also that uh, because a lot of people say, well, is need taken into account? Yes, it is, because that's how the board is stacked as well, because need is taken into account, as well as the talent level of the players that are on that board.
2: And as much as I joke about it, J.P., I do think uh, I've got many questions about this supposedly being a weekday three draft. Um, I, that's what you hear it is. Trent, in the past, I think it was two years ago, traded out of a day like that and tried to get rid of as many picks as possible and move into that next year. You wonder if that's not something to watch on Saturday.
3: Could be. Could be. Could, could be. But I, I think the one thing that is for certain, this football team is going to be looking at certain positions very strongly. I think one of those positions is going to be cornerback because this team has a need at corner. You would love to find a defensive tackle that can rush the passer. You would love to find a tight end that can block and catch the ball because Doug Peterson, we know, loves a two-tight end set. So there's so many different players that fit into those categories. I think it's going to be a very interesting draft. And some of the ones that we have up on the screen right there, Devin Witherspoon is a total tone setter. The guy watching this film, John, I love him. Christian Gonzalez is a guy that's got – Immense
2: talent. It's going to be awesome for whatever team gets that. I mean, immense <laughs> be talent. Team. Either Everybody one of those 24.
3: guys <laughs> at corner would be a tremendous acquisition. Brian Branch, I love him because he's a safety that plays nickel. He's got uh, great football smarts. Joey Porter plays great man. I mean, there's a lot of great great assets that are available and those are five of them right there at corner all
1: right we'll come back in a moment we'll dig a little deeper into some of those prospects some others on defense certainly the offensive line if that's in play tonight for the jaguars and plenty more ahead of course tonight here at daly's place it's the 2023 duval draft party presented by donovan air electric and plumbing seven o'clock the gates open enjoy live draft analysis and on stage appearances head coach doug peterson will be here and select Jags players, including quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Parking will be a bit tricky. There's the Travel Camp RV show in Lot J a Jacksonville Drumbo Shrimp game is scheduled at least for 7. It's raining right now. We'll see if they get that in. So get here early. Gates open at 7 o'clock. Rain or shine. We're under the cover at Daly's Place. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Possible to predict,
3: you know. SO I, I THINK THERE'S GOING TO BE GOOD PLAYERS THERE, BUT IN TERMS OF, YOU KNOW, THE RUNS THAT TAKE PLACE AND WHERE THAT GOES, IT'S TOUGH TO SEE EXACTLY WHO'S GOING TO BE THERE WHEN THEY PICK, BECAUSE EVERYBODY'S ALL OVER THE MAP um, THIS YEAR. SO I THINK THEY'RE IN A PRETTY GOOD SPOT, YOU KNOW, THEY'LL BE ABLE TO GO IN A COUPLE DIFFERENT DIRECTIONS. I THINK THE CORNER of the GROUP IS SO DEEP THAT I DO FEEL LIKE THERE'S GOING TO BE A CORNER TO THEIR LIKING THAT'S THERE, YOU KNOW, WHEN THEY PICK.
1: That's Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network with Brian Sexton and Arthur Bryant's Barbecue. Not a bad place for media day for the NFL Media Department. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, Jeff Lagerman. Of course, the full interview with uh, Daniel Jeremiah and some other media personalities from NFL Network available now on jaguars.com and the official Jaguars Podcast Network. So we touched on some of the defensive backs last segment. That was some of the conversation that... Uh, Daniel was having right there with Brian Sexton as well you know and here's the reason why it's a position of need obviously Shaq Griffin is gone Uh, you got a 30 year old corner on the outside who played down the stretch on the outside last year what's the real long-term future for him there Uh, Trey Herndon has been re-signed how long do you feel like he could be Available and at a high level for this team. Of course, they love Tyson Campbell on the other side. So, John, yes, uh, why not? You can't have enough corners, really, in this league the way offense is played right now.
2: Yeah, and I'll defer to Jeff and ask Jeff this. Uh, To me, Darius Williams struggled at nickel. So he was better on the outside. You're not going to do anything with Tyson Campbell. Out of of the defensive backs that could be there at 24, is there somebody who can play nickel in the short term and then kick out to – outside or do you have the same problem that you have with Darius not really strong in the middle needs to be outside is there a guy that that makes sense with that's why I think branch makes sense
3: well branch makes sense because he I think he can play anywhere I think he can play nickel I think he can play safety could he play outside and play corner possibly but I don't think that's the ultimate spot for him but the the top two guys that are are there uh, in my opinion, Devin Witherspoon and Christian Gonzalez. If, if for some reason the, either one of these guys, and we were just talking about this during the break, if either one of these guys happens to fall down to twenty-four, you got to snatch them up. And there's a possibility that that could happen. But as Daniel Jeremiah said, that look, it's a deep position. Then uh, you could pick up somebody that's you know in round two or round three. I give you a name, Riley Moss at Iowa, uh, a, a little known guy that just I mean is effortless playing man coverage, and he's got. Great speed, and he's got uh, a great resume. He's played multiple years at Iowa. There's a guy that the Jaguars could get in round two or round three. I mean, so there's going to be other other opportunities, not just in round one, to fill that that need that you have at corner.
1: Let's we'll stay on defense and pass rush, right? I mean, this is a group that we heard Doug Peterson talk about it in the the pre-draft luncheon last week. You know, they've they've spent some draft equity at that position and that idea at least the last two three years obviously number one overall pick last year and he said that hey those guys have to get better as well not that they can't supplement that maybe not in the first round but at some point in this draft john you gotta maybe address that again
2: yeah it's such a tough call because you need to trust the guys that you drafted on the front seven last year to be your core up there this year uh at the same time you've got to get better in the pass rush I I don't think they will go past Rush at 24 unless there's somebody special that they think is there. Uh, Jeff, the guy that I keep hearing about the last couple of days in terms of uh, reading about, associated with the Jaguars, reports that they're interested, et cetera, is uh, the, uh, the Van Ness kid from Iowa. It seems like he's the best potential option there at 24. What do you think of him, and what else could be there at twenty-four?
3: Well, for him, he hasn't started a lot of games at Iowa, but right. he played Iowa's a lot a, of snaps.
2: A program though that loves to play their seniors and make guys earn it. My understanding is and that's he's not sort a senior. What, yeah, so yeah. that's what sort of kept him out of that. Uh, that's the theory, anyway.
3: He's a very powerful player. Um, a lot of people want to draw the comparison to Justin Smith, which I, I would kind of be slow to make that comparison. That'd be great because Justin Smith is one of the strongest players to ever play the game. And, look, Van Ness is a strong player, but is he that level? I don't know. Once you get to the NFL, it's a totally different thing. But the one thing that he doesn't have yet is a an array of pass rush moves. Okay, he's an edge player that plays with a lot of power, likes the bull rushing. Can he learn to do more? Maybe, maybe, but uh, there's some other guys that are – They're at that edge position, and as an interior rusher, that are other good options as well.
1: Nolan Smith could
3: be one of those guys. I think he's too small, JP. He can run. Yeah, I know he can run. Look, when you play two, when you play an edge position at 235 pounds, I mean, look, you got to get some lead in your shorts, and he doesn't have a whole (laughs) lot of lead in his shorts. And I think he's a he's a stand up linebacker. Uh, could he be an, an edge player on, on sub-situation? Sure he
1: could. Devin Lloyd almost, really? Uh,
3: yeah, I mean, as far as size-wise, yeah. then probably even a little bit smaller in stature than Devin Lloyd. I love him, though. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love this guy, but I think he's a linebacker. I don't think he's an edge player. Uh, I think the best edge player in the draft is Tyree Wilson. This guy is an absolute freaking JP. I'm sorry. I know Alabama's close to your heart, and they've got a guy in Robinson that's pretty good. Uh, but Tyree Wilson has got length, he's got size, and he plays the game with power. I love him. I mean, you, you're talking about get, give me a bag of popcorn and let me watch Tyree Wilson. I'm, I'm
1: golden. let flip around to the offensive side of the football now with the Jaguars. Hey, they could be in play for an offensive lineman, of course, at number 24. And we touched on a couple of these guys. Let's start, though, with the big fella out of the University of Tennessee, Darnell Wright, who... Uh, against Will Anderson in that one matchup Crushed against Alabama, him. shut him Crushed down. Him. That's that's one sample size. What else can he do? He has a little attitude to go with it.
3: Well, he can do everything. I mean, th- this is a guy that's done it for a-, a long period of time. He, there's been some talk. Could he play left? He, maybe, but I don't think. I think that would be a little bit of a stretch. Maybe in a pinch, you could have him play left tackle. But this guy is mean. He's powerful. He's nasty. He's got the resume, in other words, the games under his belt. So, Because the one thing, I remember having a conversation with Trent Baalke, and it was going back to last year when they were doing the OTAs and training camp, and he said something that is just so true, and, and it's a philosophy that you got to have when you're looking at personnel. He said, look, guys that have traits in college, those traits will carry over into the NFL." So, in other words, if a guy has done it for a long period of time, he's been available and he's been powerful, then the chances of him doing the same exact thing at the level in the NFL is more likely than a guy that you're trying to project that's been a one-year wonder. This guy has been, been doing it as, for a long period of time. And you, when you watch him against all the good players in that SEC, he was excellent.
2: And You talk about a guy who indeed checks every box. I, I, I think it's 42 starts over four years at Tennessee, 47 games. Which again, that speaks to that reliability. Big conference has played left and right tackle. Uh, to me, this is one of the guys. You know, behind the curtain a little bit, I pre-write three or four that I think might be guys. Wow. This is one of the ones that I think makes so much sense that I went ahead and pre-wrote. It's a great story, JP. You look forward I to can't reading. Can't wait to read. It. So He's ahead. a man. But it, he it, is a man. It all makes sense, especially when you consider that Walker Little probably is a little more natural at uh, left tackle eventually it, it i don't know what happens with cam after this season but walker left tackle this kid at right tackle where he's natural that sort of lines up with what you see some of the tea leaves being it makes sense at 24 to me
3: yeah, and just uh because he's more of a right tackle you know, the best left tackle in the draft is is paris johnson jr at ohio state you know, people are wondering, I mean, because look, I mean, if, if that guy's available at 24, he could be an option, too, if, if they're going to end up going offensive lineman, And Paris Johnson's got the athleticism. He's got the length. Uh, like the way he plays the game. And, and by the way, John, when you watch Ohio State, their offensive line has three possible first-round draft picks. I mean, that's just, it's like watching Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia. It's like crazy.
1: Yeah. Uh, the right tackle has, like, the longest wingspan in the history of the senior bowl, DeWan Jones. I mean, the, the guy mm-hmm. is just a freak. He's kind
3: of similar to Darnell Wright in a lot of ways in that how he plays the game, a little nasty, he's big, and he's powerful. So two right tackles that are similar, but uh, Darnell Wright's the man.
2: One thing that speaks to Jeff's uh, point uh, about the potential for somebody like that to slide. Usually when you say that before the draft, you sort of say it with, yeah, but it's not going to happen. From talking to people around the league and from reading about what's going on this year, there is enough – disagreement around the league about who should be where that pretty much in every mock draft you follow there is one guy who slides to 23 24 that everybody else in a normal year would be saying well no way he makes it there so could this be a year where the chaos at the top of the draft benefits the Jaguars with some elite player usually I would say it's great to talk about not going to happen maybe this year is the year it happens Well,
3: and here's something else to remember You're talking about four quarterbacks that are going to get drafted before the Jaguars, maybe five, five. which pushes all the talent that's at all the other positions down to the Jaguars. So what John is saying is is dead on the money, and especially with the quarterback focus in this draft, it's a great chance
1: of, of that happening. We're well, back in a moment. We've got plenty ahead, talking more prospects when we come back. But whether you need air, electric, or plumbing service, Donovan is always a good call. They've been trusted by customers for almost 40 years. Trust them to deliver fast, reliable service to your home. We're halfway home. It's Jaguars happy hour from Daly's Place on the Jaguars Digital Network.
2: When we go
4: back to the playoff game, And it's halftime, and he's had a a rough first half, to put it mildly. And the head coach is just like, he's fine. We just got to do this. We got to do that. And then it all came together. I don't know that I saw a better moment in the NFL last year.
1: Charles Davis, CBS Sports, NFL Network. He'll have coverage of the draft coming up. And, of course, if you're watching on Jaguars.com, a live look inside Daly's Place just outside of the bank. Should be a packed house tonight, and rain or shine, we'll have it. Gates open at 7 o'clock for the Duval Draft Party, and welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier and Jeff Lagerman. Good to hear from Charles Davis. The full interview available on Jaguars.com and the official Jaguars Podcast Network talking about the quarterback play in the playoff game, of course, last year. Chargers and game. That's a fantastic memory, of course, and it's the reason the Jaguars are drafting 24th. They got to the playoffs, and... Uh, They lost in the divisional round, so here they are. It would have been 25. The Dolphins forfeited their pick uh, as a penalty, and now it's 24 in the NFL draft tonight in round number one. So here we go tonight. 127 players, Trent Baalke said, checked all the boxes for a prospect. So not 350 or whatever go to the combine. They narrow this thing down, John, to, to 127. It was a specific number that Trent talked about last week. And uh, that might have surprised some, maybe some folks who aren't following this on an everyday basis, but that's pretty much a par for the course number.
2: Yeah, to clarify a couple of things, that doesn't mean that they only think 127 guys in this draft can play in the NFL. It doesn't mean that that's all they studied. It doesn't mean they've overlooked things. It means that as they've done their draft, there's different uh, areas of the draft, different clusters of players around the draft, first round through seventh round, they have 127 total guys that they consider the ideal picks at those positions that they would want on this football team. Uh, and from everything I've heard, Jeff, that's a very common number, 125 to about 150 of guys that you really feel like you want, because why wouldn't you narrow it down to that point?
3: Well, I mean, one of the reasons why that number is what it is, you would have certain guys that wouldn't make the list because of some type of physical condition or injury that he's had, maybe a failed physical, and then also some personalities that Mm -hmm. just don't fit. You know, you hear Trent and Doug talking a lot about the word culture, okay? And and what they mean by that is that the player has to have a certain personality, a certain work ethic, and a certain way about them to fit what they're trying to build here. And if they don't fit that mold, they don't make that list of 127.
2: And it may be even on a couple scheme fit. If they just don't think a guy can play – corner in the style that they want to play, uh, they may just think, you know, for instance, at uh, running back at the top of the draft, we don't want to invest running back at a position in the first round, uh, a kid from Texas. You know, I don't yeah, know how they feel honest. about him, yeah, yeah. but you never know if they really think, okay, this is just not a year we want to do this. We need to go other areas. So there's different reasons why guys come off the board. Yeah,
3: but, by the way, I, I would never exclude any position because you feel good about where you're at. Sure. Uh, because if all of a sudden Jameer Gibbs, your guy, JP, at Alabama is available in round two. Sure. That guy's unbelievable. He catches everything out of the backfield. He's a great dynamic running back. I mean, so I would, I would never personally – Disqualify a position based on where we were at from a roster standpoint. Because have you ever heard a coach say, you know what, we got too many good tackles or we got too many good running backs? You never hear that.
1: He also said, uh, Trent Baalke, last week in the pre-draft lunch, that they've got two, three, four players that they really would feel comfortable if they're there. They should be there at 24. I'm sure they've mocked this thing out, John, so many times, different scenarios. If this happens, then this could happen, and then we could get down there. You really might not know until about four or five picks above you truly what's available in there, and that's really the, the question mark about a night like tonight.
2: Well, and he clarified with you, they have options if they don't de- – they don't go that route. They won't be stuck without a player that they think can help. It's why I I do wonder what the possibility of them trading out of that spot are. Uh, they've never done it. The Jaguars have never been without a first round pick. Twenty four to thirty two is a long way to go to, to get out of the first round. Uh, but considering that, I think they want to come out of the first two or three rounds with a tackle offense. I mean, a, a offensive lineman, tight end, and. Uh, cornerback corner could they try to come back and get those three players later in the draft to add on somebody i don't think so but maybe no, it
1: just depends on what somebody's offering. yeah of. yep. you know, that's
2: what it's all about uh, all right uh final thought pick how about a
1: pick for 24 john real quick you know, get you out of
2: i've been kind of leaning on branch uh, uh brian branch from alabama just because of, he can come in and play nickel move to safety later he makes so much sense I, i'm less passionate about that than i was yesterday uh, but for now, I'll go with that because that's been my horse all along. Jeff?
1: Oh, gosh. Putting you on the spot.
3: Uh, I, I'll just say I'll give you a position because I, I think there's a number of guys. I think corner is going to be the position, and, and I'm going to say – I know
1: position was an Gonzalez option. is going to slide, and they're going to grab him up at okay. 24. You think so? You never know. I'm going Darnell Wright. Tackle. Love him. Tennessee. My Tyree him.
2: Wilson's going to slide. How about yeah, that? Love him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Why
3: not? Well, well,
2: Jalen Carter. Yeah, JP. Oh, yeah.
1: Jalen Carter. But why not? All of the above. Arguably uh,
3: the best player in the draft.
1: He is. Uh, we're going to say goodbye to you, John. We're going to have what in the business is called an upgrade. Jaguars owner Shad Khan is going to join us.
2: Well, that is an upgrade. Yes, it is. I will defer. (laughs) What choice do I have?
1: That's Jeff Lagerman. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We're back in a moment. Jaguars owner Shad Khan right around the corner. Calling all Jags fans. Elevate your game day experience with Vine 04 Napa Valley. The official wine club of the Jags. Sip on handcrafted Napa Valley wines and show your team pride with every pour. Visit vine04.com and sign up. and receive three or six premium Napa Valley wine bottles twice a year along with exclusive access to private events and complimentary tastings. Join the Vino Four Club today and toast to the Jags legacy with every sip. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jags Digital Network. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour and a live look outside of TIAA Bank Field, the Miller Electric Center. The grass is down on the practice fields, and we are closing in on the grand opening. The Jaguars get the keys, I believe, July 1st. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. From Daly's Place on the other end of TIAA Bank Field, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Loggeman, and Jaguars owner, Shad Khan let's start with that the miller electric center it just changes everything when you finally see grass on the field what a process that's been Sean. i know it's
0: really cool and it's even better kind of walking through it and uh uh, you know what a difference it's going to make so i'm really excited
3: obviously (laughs) it's amazing you go back to, to 1995 and i remember practicing and doing conditioning on the outfield of the old baseball park yeah. and now all of a sudden this wonderful facility it's amazing
0: yeah we've come a long way baby baby
1: <laughs> we certainly <laughs> have all right so uh, a long way from the last two years at the number one overall pick uh, and now after the playoff run shot it's the 24th overall pick but are your nerves still the same going into a draft weekend how do you feel going into this year's
0: well uh no uh nerves are very calm I am super relaxed guy. I might as well be in a Zen yoga camp right now, but uh, um, you know it's so different because I think we have a great team and when you look at it, even through free agency, we've lost one starter. Uh, and um, so you feel really good with all the choices we have, even though we're going to be picking 24th in the first round you got to feel good about where you are as an organization with your coach, your quarterback, your
3: general manager. It's got to give you a lot of confidence with where you're
0: at and where you're headed. Absolutely. I think those are the three key pieces in modern NFL, and we got them all. So I, uh, it's now about how do you tweak the roster and make it a shade better, a little bit better every day.
1: Jaguars owner Shad Khan is with us. We've heard this this word culture a lot in the last couple of years around here. Certainly uh, going into last season, getting things right again, earning the trust of the organization. Doug Peterson talked about that. Certainly he's done that. But now you've got to build upon the baseline. That that culture, that baseline, the playoff mentality is the base for what this team should be moving forward. How important are culture fits on a draft weekend like this? Uh, I think obviously
0: very important. And uh, Trent, I think, has been quoted that, you know, if, uh, the players in the draft, we got 127 we think would be ideal. But, uh, you know, culture is an overused word uh, Till you kind of experience it. And then you say, oh, oh yeah, I see what a difference a culture makes. Like now, um, you know, in the hallway today, I was waiting for the meeting to see the players coming in, how enthusiastic they are, the fist bumping. And talking to, I think we have three new coaches. And, you know, they've had careers, uh, obviously, besides Jacksonville. And, you know, to get their insight that this is so different from wherever they've been. Uh, what a great experience for them. So uh, this is very different. Even for the Jaguars, for me, obviously, um, you know, after 11 years, uh, I mean, I can, you can feel the shift. It's, it's much more than a phrase or lingo.
3: Uh, and, and one of the shifts, really, the draft for many years has represented hope, you know, to, that you, you get better. And, and this year, the feeling, I think, is so much different and that, you, hey, look, like you talked about, you're just looking to tweak, to add little components of your to your roster because you just feel good about where you are as a football team.
0: Absolutely. And um, how you get a little bit better depth, not necessarily uh, starters who are going to come in and uh, be our salvation. Uh, but more like, uh, you know, who are going to be there for us for the long haul.
1: Jaguars owner Shad Khan is with us. Uh, take us into some of those pre-draft prep meetings. I know you were involved a little bit in some of those. Well, probably more than a little bit, I'm <laughs> guessing. So, you know, take us, give us what you can about that process working with Trent and Doug and their staffs collectively.
0: Well, uh, first of all, it's, you know, highly collaborative. Uh, If you've been in the draft room now, it's like, uh, you know, uh, might as well be Houston, NASA, uh, (laughs) you know, with all the screens. But more importantly, the really the electronic, the database that you can imagine uh, and and who are the players drafted with these attributes and boom, they show up complete with the clips. And I'm talking about historically. So you can compare a current maybe possible player to historical who has success, didn't have it. So you take that whole collaborative uh, process and then you get into where we're going to be picking and who might be on and how would we decide, you know, number of players, uh, whoever's on the board, who we would pick, how you prioritize. You want to have as much of this done before you get into the live action.
1: I think when they picked you, they were still using a chalkboard to, to select make the selections, right? Uh, well, uh, they Maybe might, not yeah, quite. I, I okay. Wait a minute, Easy, GMP.
3: <laughs> I, I can tell you that it was uh, Paul Tagliabue.
1: <laughs> made, actually Pete Roselle. <laughs> it was Roselle. <laughs> Pete Roselle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it was a while back. It has yeah. been a little bit. All right, so tonight should be a packed house here at Daly's Place. Rain or shine, the rain has stopped now, which is great news. But 5,500 expected in this place tonight. Certainly we know what this place has meant to the organization and the city since it's been built. But having this scene tonight, Chad, I know you have to be excited about
0: that. Absolutely, I am. And I think uh, this venue has really, uh, I think it's served the city very well. It certainly has served. Uh, the Jaguars, you know everything we hoped and really more.
1: Well, and Kenny Chesney was awesome here not long ago, <laughs> by the way. That was an incredible concert. Love it, uh, Shad. Thanks for the time. Really Thank appreciate you. it. It's Good luck to you. It's a privilege to, to be weekend.
0: here and looking forward to tonight.
1: Jaguars owner Shad Khan with us. Of course, we take a live look now inside Daly's place, just downstairs. And seven o'clock, the gates open tonight for the Duval Draft Party, twenty twenty-three. And the Jaguars have the 24th overall pick in the NFL draft coming up tonight. And, of course, eight other picks over the weekend. Uh, always good to hear from Jags owner Shad Khan. Excited? Yeah, he said he could be in a yoga studio right now. That's how relaxed yeah, he is. Yeah,
3: but, but, but don't let him fool you, <laughs> JP, because, you know, I asked him before we went on the air. I said, Are you excited? He said, if you've got blood in your veins, you're excited. Okay, because that's the reality. I mean, this is, again, and I keep using this term, the lifeblood of every franchise is the draft. And the only way that you can be consistently good is that you draft and develop and retain. And so this draft is important just like every other draft for this franchise, and especially because now that some of the money that has been spent in recent years in free agency, sometimes your only option at getting better or to keep the roster at a solid position, is through the draft.
1: Yeah, draft and develop. you got to have the and draft retain. And retain. Let's, and retain. what make sure the- we
3: have all of those terms, J.P. Hey,
1: we, we heard from Trent Blocky earlier today in our, our draft room conversation. Devon Hamilton was retained and extended today. And, and that- I
3: thought he took big steps
1: this past year. Yeah. I, credit to him because he really worked hard well that 's a big point for this organization is that that kind of sets a tone I think for guys when they show up here and you perform and you improve as it goes along, you get rewarded at the end
3: uh, well, and look uh, you know he 's going to make a lot of money, but you know a lot of money in the National Football League is what you earn you know if you 're a good football player, you know the question now becomes, do some of these younger players that you drafted last year take that next step for this football team because this football team is going to need that young, that you, the second-year players to make a big advancement for this team to have the success that they want to have this year.
1: We heard from Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network, a little bit earlier. Charles Davis as well. Joe Klatt will have coverage on NFL Network. He's also with Fox Sports. Brian Sexton had visited with him in Kansas City earlier this week and asked him about the tackles in the draft. I do think that there's going to be a run on the top tackles ahead of them. So if they wanted one of those guys or coveted one of those guys, and I'm talking about Paris Johnson and Broderick Jones and Darnell Wright, if they coveted one of those guys, they might have to move up. But they don't have to move up to get what they need. You talked about corner. You talked about tight end. All of those players, I think, will
2: be there.
1: We'll see what happens. Obviously, uh, we, as we talked, the quarterbacks could go early. That could slide some guys down. If there's the run, middle of the round, uh, let's see what happens. But the Jaguars currently at 24.
3: It's something interesting, and just there with the question with Brian, that Skoronsky was never mentioned. Correct, from uh, Northwestern. Okay, Northwestern, who was tackled, many people thought that he was going to be the best tackle, the first lineman off the board in this draft class. But watching his film, I don't see him being a tackle. I think this guy is a guard. And uh, what he's, he's, you know, he reminds me of. In fact, uh, I I wrote it down because he reminds me of Jonah Williams, who was an Alabama guy. The Bengals drafted in the first round, and the Bengals just draft, or excuse me, just signed in free agency from Kansas City the left tackle that they had there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then they're talking about moving Jonah Williams to right tackle to compete over there. You know, if you're going to play left tackle in the National Football League, you got to have length. Okay, and Skoronsky does not have a lot of length, and you better have length to play left tackle because you're going to be facing guys like Tyree Wilson, who is six foot six, six foot seven, 275 pounds, and has a 38, 39 inch sleeve length. And if you, JP, it's, imagine trying to pass block like this. Okay, if I'm trying to pass block you like this with the old dinosaur arms, no, T-rex it doesn't work. And it's an exaggeration <laughs> because Skronsky has like 33 arms. But, JP, he's got 33-inch arms, okay? I can touch you from here because I have 38-inch sleeves. Okay, you got to have the length to play left tackle.
1: Wow. That, that, that's a that's a heck of a reach by you. Literally, Literally. trying to block yeah, you. The t- old T-Rex over here trying to block me. <laughs> All right, so some breaking news now in the uh, National Football League. Some big quarterback news the last uh, day, of course, with Aaron Rodgers officially traded from the Packers to the Jets. But today the Ravens have now reached a five-year deal with Lamar Jackson. Good
3: for them. I mean, look, Lamar Jackson's an exciting, dynamic player. He hasn't been able to stay healthy a ton. But I think with the uh, recent contract uh, that was signed in Philadelphia, I think – maybe tempered Lamar Jackson's expectation because Jalen Hurts didn't get a completely guaranteed contract, and that's what he was looking for, and that's not what the market was going to bear for him, especially with the number of games that he missed, but I'm glad because I think Lamar Jackson should be a Raven, and he's a tremendous football player, and it's good for them. Now they can move forward and and concentrate on other things and other aspects
1: of their organization. The latest reporting, no official numbers are out yet, but uh, Justina Anderson is reporting that a league source just added the total guaranteed portion as $185 million for Lamar Jackson. So. Uh, and
3: I'm sure that, uh, look, uh, the, the recent contract by Jalen Hurts, I'm sure, was a little bit, you know, and here's the weird thing. I mean, Lamar Jackson is his own agent. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's odd. I mean, it's very odd, and I'm not saying that he can't do it, and I'm sure that he's getting a lot of great advice and and should get a lot of great advice, but that's a weird position to be in if you're doing your own contract.
1: A little more on the Aaron Rodgers situation, officially traded from the Packers to the Jets. He was actually on the practice field today. His intro press conference was yesterday. The Jets got Rodgers and the 2023 first-round pick and a 2023 fifth-round pick. The Packers get a first-round pick this year, number 13, a second-round pick this year, a sixth-round pick this year, and a conditional second-round pick next year that could become a first if Rodgers plays 65% of the plays this season. That's going to be an interesting watch. You know, will Aaron
3: Rodgers be committed to the organization as far as the, the practice days that are not mandatory? Uh, I think that he needs to commit himself to the Jets organization and show up for all those things if he wants to end up making a lot of friends in the locker room.
1: Those are the biggest NFL news, of course. Uh, Quarterbacks uh, Lamar Jackson and uh, Aaron Rodgers are now apparently settled in their respective places. And and we're only a couple of weeks probably away from the schedule release. That's right around the corner, too.
3: Well, and look, the NFL, I'm sure, was looking for some resolution to both of these situations because that impacts the schedule. I mean, look, if. If Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the New York Jets, I mean, you're talking about the Jets having some serious primetime football games. If Lamar Jackson is the quarterback of the Ravens, that's a consideration with schedule makers as well. You know, so I'm glad that both of them were resolved, and I guarantee that Roger Goodell and the league office was – they might have been putting a little phone call in here or there to both organizations, well, all three organizations, the Ravens, the Jets, and the Packers, to make sure that this stuff got moved along because, look – You want to have all the focus tonight on the draft. You don't want to have speculation about Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. Could he end up with another football team? This makes the focus on what's happening tonight, and that's the NFL draft, and that's where the focus should be at.
1: Well, a lot of AFC South teams have some draft equity high in this first round, and Most of them, if not all three of the other ones, could be looking at quarterback early in this draft. Of course, the Jaguars are the best set up at that position with uh, Trevor Lawrence. Let's see what happens in Indianapolis. Certainly Houston at number two could be in play. They also have another first-round pick. And uh, Tennessee, do they go for a quarterback? What's the future hold there with a new decision-maker in charge in Nashville? You could have Trevor
3: Lawrence and three rookies and the rest of the AFC South. I mean, it, it could yeah. be that. And I, I think that that's a real, realistic expectation. I think it would take Tennessee maybe needing to trade up. Maybe not. If Hendon Hooker's a guy, he may end up being there where they're at. But it may require them to trade up. Uh, I think Indianapolis is locked in on a quarterback. I think it probably is Levis. And we know that uh, Houston is uh, a possibility. I think C.J. Young. Um, C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. Or She's Bryce a, Young. Or, uh, you know, Bryce that's Young. Their, coin, that's their Bryce Young going to Carolina. Sorry combined. about that. I morph morphed the two of them together. <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's going to be very interesting. You know, we haven't really mentioned quarterbacks yet, but the quarterbacks, the only part that we mention about them is that having four or five quarterbacks that could get – you know, that could end up getting drafted prior to the Jaguars pick at 24 means that there's going to be a push – of guys that normally would not be available with that talent level that the Jaguars are going to be able to pick from at 24. And that's a good thing. The more quarterbacks, because, look, the, the reality is is that teams are going to reach for quarterbacks. And that's perfect. That's exactly what you want if you're a team that already has a quarterback because it pushes more talent down to you at your picks. And so the Jaguars in a great position. Every franchise wants to be in the position that the Kansas City Chiefs are, the Buffalo Bills, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Los Angeles Chargers. And that's the position of feeling that you have or knowing that you have a franchise quarterback because it makes it a lot easier to draft players when you're in that situation.
1: Uh, yeah, and you better uh, you better have one just to compete in the AFC. You mentioned some of those AFC teams. Oh, it is it's murderer's deep, row.
3: Deep, it's deep. And, and the NFC, I mean, come on, NFC, where you at? I mean, you got to get some quarterbacks. <laughs> And here's the crazy thing. Is the NFC going to add a quarterback this year? I mean, think about it. I mean, uh, has there been any talk with the four top quarterbacks in this year's draft? Has there been any talk about an NFC team possibly getting one of those four? No. 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 So the NFC is going to continue to
1: be – Quarterback fish. Remember the Bears traded out. They traded back. So with Carolina, yeah. So because they like their guy Fields. Well, well, Panthers. And the Panthers number moved one. Up. Number but one. I mean, that's That'd one the guy. It's one. one.
3: It's just amazing to me that uh, how can you have that disparity between conferences? I mean, really? I mean, I mean, Jalen Hurts is a tremendous player. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I mean, I love him. He's, he's an excellent football player. But now, I mean, Aaron Rodgers. Left the NFC and now is a part of the AFC. Got to keep up with the Joneses. An AFC,
1: AFC quarterback league right now. Hey, a busy night tonight. It's the final moments of Jaguars Happy Hour. Glad you've joined us on 1010AM 10, 10 and Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube tonight. Coming up uh, at 730, we'll have our pre-draft show on Jaguars.com. We'll count down to the draft, plenty of special guests, plenty of content, and get you ready for the draft at 8 o'clock tonight. You, uh, Frank Frangie, and who else is on the draft radio show tonight? What time is all that going? Well,
3: I think you're going to come on and visit with us for a little bit, so I mean that's a good thing. Uh, but you know, I think we're going to have different people on. Looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to the draft. I've become a little bit of a draft junkie just because you know you watch film on guys, you want to see where kind of where your assessment lines up with some of the teams picking. You know, and just let me throw this one last position group oh, out there I can't because wait. because we haven't talked about it yet, and I can't believe JP you didn't have it on the list what of is things it? to talk about. Tight ends. Tight ends. We have not talked about tight ends. You yet. think it's in play at twenty four? I think it's absolutely in play at twenty four because Kincaid is a great receiving tight end. Mayor is a great uh, he reminds me of uh, a, uh, Jason Witten, the guy that played for the Dallas Cowboys for so long, excellent receiver, excellent blocker, love that guy. And then Georgia, of course, has Darnell Washington, who's like land of the Giants tight end. And You're, he's and Well, he's you good. already picked
1: a cornerback at 24. So I know, why, I, mean, I know.
3: But, I mean, tight end is in play. And, and if Michael Mayer is there, it, it would be hard not to draft him. Hmm. He's young, and he's still – I mean, he's he's young, but he's – such a physical presence in the game both as a blocker and as a receiver at uh, a lot of positions
1: we'll see what happens tonight gates open at seven o'clock for the duval draft party at Daly's place our thanks to john Ozer, jaguars owner shot Khan, of course joining us for jeff lagerman and our entire crew i'm jp shadrick we'll catch you next time it's jaguars happy hour on the jaguars digital network